The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Best-selling author Pete Wilson explains how to overcome paralyzing fear that keeps you up at night. He had tremendous fear. I, I, I could hear his deep breathing, right? Mm -hmm. He thinks he's doing it all by himself, yeah. but I'm right there with him. Yeah. And at any one moment of his father, if I think he's in danger, if I think he's going to fall, I'm going to snatch him right up. Sure. Learning how trust compels us to move forward and find peace while chasing our dreams. Next. Thank all of you. It's such a joy to be able to share this time with you. I'm James Robinson. My wife, uh, Betty, and I welcome you to life today. What keeps you up at night? Now, this is one of the most interesting covers I've, I've seen. <laughs> you kind of leave. There's a clock down here. It looks like an alarm clock. But, if you know, if you're awake, you don't need an alarm clock because you can't sleep. <laughs> And you got all these little sheep up here. Some people count sheep. I, have you ever counted sheep when you can't sleep? No. I, mean, I don't know where that even came from. Count sheep. But you can't sleep. And what troubles you? Pete Wilson uh, at Cross Point Church in Nashville, he's a young guy. I mean, to me, he's like a kid. He really, frankly, he looks like he ought to be at Vanderbilt in <laughs> school or somewhere. Welcome, Pete. Uh, Wilson, if you will, to like that. Would you have Pete? It's good uh, to have you back. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, buddy. Now, what was the last book that you had when you came here to be with us? The last time I was with you guys was uh, Empty Promises. Empty Promises. Mm -hmm. And so now we got a sleep problem, right? Yep. yep. Do, do you have all these issues you write uh, books about, or do you watch other people have these issues? I actually do have every one of these issues. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hate to admit it, but I do on a regular basis. My life's kind of a mess. Yeah, and, so you uh, just write about Pete's mess, and I people do. want to read about it. I do, yeah, because they tend to have the exact same mess that I have. Yeah. It's part of the human condition. I so are you just comforting people by telling them we're all in a mess and this is where no. you live? Hopefully we got some answers to, to all of this mess. Because I would but, think that that would be the key. Yeah. So evidently you do because your books do really well. And uh, what keeps you up at night, you can go online and get it. Uh, I tell you what, if you'd be nice, I, I, I'd send you one. That'd be nice. Stay there and watch. Okay, Pete, cut to the chase. What's this about? Yeah, this book is really about, uh, you know, as a pastor, um, just observing so many people who struggle with fear and they struggle with anxiety and they struggle with worry. And, um, you know, I, it's interesting. I was, I was doing, preparing for a, a, a series on fear once at church and started looking through, there's, there's basically 125 different commands or imperatives that Jesus gives us uh, in the gospels. Of those 125, 21 of them deal with the topic of fear. Wow. Uh, you know, over he'll, he'll say, do not be afraid. You know, mm -hmm. do not worry about this. Uh, and, you know, it's just, more than anything else, Jesus said, do not be afraid. And I think that Jesus realized that fear would be something that we would all struggle with. We'd struggle with anxiety and we'd struggle with worry. And so I just thought, you know what? If Jesus thought that this was that important of a topic, uh, I think this is a topic I need to be able to dive into, spend some time researching it, spend some time writing about it, because I know it's something I've struggled with in my life. But did you see it in your congregation and people you talked to? The Absolutely. things they would bring, they would bring you like their fears and yeah. their, their hang-ups and whatever it was that was troubling them. It yeah. would be fear-related? Absolutely. Bottom line, what I discovered was fear is a thief. 
and it's really robbing people of living the life that God has for them. And it was interesting to me that, you know, and I've seen this in my own life, but that we can trust Jesus for our eternity, but we have a tough time trusting him with this day. We have mm-hmm. a hard time trusting him with our marriage or, or tomorrow, trusting him with trusting our kids. For tomorrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what, I think this is part of the, the journey. And so for me, really, the goal of this book was not so much um, to fear less, but how can we trust God more? Because if we'll learn to trust God more, I think a lot of the things that we have fear and anxiety and worry about over time begin to disappear. You know, I, excuse me, don't you think if we can give this fear to God and let Him direct us, that we'll make better decisions in our absolutely. life? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of times we make decisions out of fear, yeah, out, we of do. out of panic, out of panic. Fear, fear paralyzes you mm-hmm. and it establishes the limits of your life. So if you fear heights, you'll stay low. If you're outside, you stay inside. If you fear people, you'll be lonely. If you fear failure, you'll never try. And I'm sure you guys just, I mean, God's used you guys in very powerful ways. But I bet there's been moments where you've struggled with, well, what if we try this and and it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. And thank God you guys pushed through that fear of failure and you allowed God and you trusted God. And I mean, look how he's worked in your life. Yeah, I've I've had a, 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 I'd say the Lord's given me a wonderful grace to trust. Uh, I'm afraid of thunderstorms, by the way. Is mm-hmm. there such a thing? That's as what a, keeps you up at night. Yeah, well, that, well, I'd keep me away from them at yeah, night, yeah. I promise you. I don't want to fly into one. I happen to be a pilot. I don't fly anymore, but fly an airplane. You know, plane, they go. You want to stay away from the storms. And, and so I don't ever want to get in one, but I think that's a healthy sort of a fear, you know, to stay Absolutely. out of something that could hurt us. It's kind of like pain can keep you from worse pain, so it can be a friend. But you're talking about a fear that is a panic that, that causes you to worry uh, to be troubled when you should be trusting. And and you said that you've experienced some of this yourself, right? So uh-huh. when you said it's it's your your mess, not just others, in what ways were you troubled with fear and, you know, and, the, and challenged? I, I'll tell you a real practical way. And I, I, I know that you'll understand this, but even as a pastor, you know, th- there would be times that I would, I would uh, finish a, a series of messages on a Sunday and uh, I'd go home. And even on my way home, I would start, start to worry about oh my goodness, I have to turn around and preach again in six days. And I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say next week. And you know what? I, I just, just finished watching God's faithfulness in my life mm-hmm. in that day, but I'm already worried about whether or not he's going to provide six days from now. Yeah. I've seen it in that. I've seen it in my parenting. Uh, there have been times that, you know, I've, I've been paralyzed uh, in parenting to do the right thing with my kids. And so I think there's a lot of just everyday things that we face that can really take our focus off of God. And then what happens is we, get, we begin to focus on the problems. And that's when it just starts to kind of become this kind of oppressive thing that keeps us from living the life God has for us. And I guess I, I sense you. You really are trying to help people. You say you can have peace while you're chasing your dream. Yep. You, you know, you can trust God with a dream. And what I found in my life, because I have dreams, but I lost my dreams pursuing his dream. Mm. And as I would see my dreams fulfilled, I kept wanting to know, is your dream fulfilled? Yeah, help me good. to focus on your vision and your yep. dream. And it's incredibly liberating when you get caught up in what is on his heart than just what's on our mind. And it's amazing how the things that 
we want the Father seems to deliver right. because he loves his kids. I mean, right. it's amazing. It is. There's, there's a passage that I talk about a lot in the book, and it's really the passage that for me helped me begin to understand, okay, this is how I can really learn to trust God. And it's Psalms 121. It'll be a, a passage you're probably familiar with, but it just says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? That's the first verse. And I think that's the first step is it's this idea of, and to lift up your eyes to the mountains, that was a Hebrew expression that meant a lot more than just your physical eyes. It was, it was, it was talking about how we have this human freedom. Every person has this freedom to choose where they put their focus, where they put their attention. And so this, this first verse is saying, look, um, you have a choice in your life what you're going to focus on. It says, so I lift my eyes to my mountain. And that verse two is, where does my help come from. Mm -hmm. uh, it comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah, of the mountains. That's right. <laughs> so now I've had this reminder, okay, I get to choose where I put my focus. I can put my focus on God instead of my problem or my fear or my worry. And now I have this reminder that he's the creator, right? He's the author of life, not me. And that's where a lot of my fear came from. And I think it's where a lot of our fear comes from for everyone is we forget that he's the author. You know, we forget this idea that he's God and we're not, right? There's a God and it's not me. It's settled. Right. And when, when I begin to understand that, so much of the things that I have fear and anxiety and worry about, they start to disappear. So I love this. I lifted my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come, come from? Come from the maker of heaven and earth. And then this third verse is beautiful. He will not let your foot slip. Mm. He who watches over you will mm. not slumber. And I love that idea that... And by the way, Satan actually threw that as an accusation at Jesus, yes. trying to get you to act in foolishness. That's right. And try to prove God rather than trust God. That's right. Test God rather than trust God. And so it, if the enemy took that verse, which the devil knows the Bible, and he'll use it against you. Yep. Uh, he really will. And he'll twist it and misrepresent it and misapply it. But it must be important for the devil to focus right. on it. Yeah, and so a lot of people are in a mess because they can't, they can't see the reality of that. That how how present, ever present the That's Father right. is. He who watches over you, and it, I love that. It's this idea of um, God is the watcher, mm -hmm. and I am the watchy. Mm -hmm. I am the kind of human being that needs to, to be, be watched, watched over by a great right. Father. That's right. An able Father. That's right. Capable, strong, secure, everlasting. Right. Yep. All right, you are Father. Yes, I am. And you've had some experiences with your children, and I think you had something happen with your son that yeah, really yeah. moved you. And you didn't you tell me you actually got a picture of it or something? I did, yeah. So this well, is a, this is a couple years ago. I'll set up the story for you. But, okay. Uh, we were out on a hike, hiking in the Smoky Mountains, and okay. I have three boys. My wife and I have three. And boys. And that's over on the eastern part of the United States. <laughs> that's so right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're smoking in the mountains. <laughs> it's not. It's not pot city. Okay. It's yeah, just the Smoky right. Mountains. There's a haze, and they're very beautiful, especially in the fall. They're gorgeous, and so and it was the we were hiking and on a great hike and my youngest son at the time was just three and we got to this place on the trail where um, there's this valley and it's not I mean it's you know it's probably 10 feet deep it's not a huge valley but this is a rickety old really it's not even a bridge it's a tree they've cut in half and laid across this valley okay. and we get to this spot 
and my other two boys go, go across. The, How old were they, the older ones? Uh, at that time, they would have been five and seven. Okay. So they walk across on their own. The youngest brewer, he's three, he watches the older brothers go, so he now, wants to go. Now, were there like no rails or anything? There's one like little a... rail that's leaning over oh, to okay. the side. Oh. It's not a real safe condition, but yeah. he wants to do it because he saw his older brothers do it. So sure. he wants to do it. I'm going to let him do it. Well, my wife is on the other side of the bridge, and she doesn't think that's a great idea. Yeah, sure. uh, but I, I, I let him start to go across the bridge, and um, but I wasn't going to let him do it alone, right? I'm, I, I'm with him. I, I, in fact, I'm so close to him, I can hear, I can hear him breathing. He's sure. scared to death, but he's determined. And he's looking where he's going. Exactly. He yeah. ain't looking back he, to see he, what you're doing. Here's the photo. I, I just love this photo. Uh, and he's yeah. headed across that bridge. And you know what's so important <laughs> to me going. about that? Yeah, He's a cute little guy. He is a cute Your little guy. Your wife must be a he, dog. Is, yes. <laughs> he looks just like her. And uh, I, look, I look back, I was so glad my wife took that picture because when I, when I look at that picture, what I realized, he had tremendous fear. I, I, I could hear his deep breathing, right? Mm -hmm. He thinks he's doing it all by himself. Yeah. But I'm right there with him. Yeah. And at any one moment of his father, if I think he's in danger, if I think he's going to fall, I'm going to snatch him right up. Sure. And I, that's why I love that verse in Psalms of he will not let your foot slip. He's a good father. Yeah, he didn't know you were there. But, I mean, you actually have your arms basically under his armpits. That's right. But he's not looking back. He got a tongue. He's going yeah. on. He's reaching out to what he thinks is security. He thinks that a handrail security. Yeah. He hopes that that little foot walking bridge is secure. But the fact is, dad is there and he's secure. And you know, the father's there even if we don't seem to be aware of him. That's right. We may not be aware of him, but he's very much aware of us. I've started several of my messages recently by saying God had his eyes fixed on you. Mm. God's watching you. Are you watching him? Are your eyes fixed on him? I think good question because he is watching. I think I hear you saying loudly, clearly, and effectively that if you want peace in the valley, in life, in the midst of blessing, that you need to fix your focus on him, the creator of the heavens and earth, the one that's watching over you. And uh, I have found indescribable peace. You know, mm -hmm. I talked to you as we were having a little fellowship before. I live amazed. Yeah. When you listen to me talking in there with Betty, did you sense that I live amazed? I did, <laughs> very much so. And did you sense that I live in a presence of amazement? Yes. And here's the thing that I wish you'd understand all of you, and this is what I know Pete wants. This is what Betty and I want. We're not like this little special little couple. I mean, we're the couple. The husband didn't have a father. My mother was raped and conceived me. Her dad wasn't uh, the real leader. He drank a lot. She didn't know him real well, but he was there. Her mother was strong. Her two sisters and her brother loved God. This girl loves God. But here we are, we're a miracle story. And we live amazed because we stepped into amazing grace and chose to walk in it. And we found this father always anxious to pick us up, even get us out of the ditch we dug. That's right. The pit we made for ourselves and got it. He wanted to get us out of it. 
So all of you who are watching, I mean, this book is written for you. This program is here for you. Listen to me. God wants to be the one who lifts you up. He's got you. Would you just lean back, say, hold me, and just let him have your life? Trust him. Trust him. Father, hold me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Comfort me. Don't ever let me go. And he says, I won't. Now just follow my lead. You'll be blessed. You'll be a blessing. You want someone to pray with you? The number's there. We've written a book. I wrote it for you called Knowing God as Father. I'd love to send it to you. I didn't have a father. I got to know God as Father. I talk about it, and then it's a simple Bible study. Just a simple Bible study. gets you started. So you may say, well, I gave my life to Christ. I want God as my Father. Religion won't do. I want a relationship. You call. We'll pray with you. Would you join Betty and me saying thanks to Pete Wilson for writing this great book? Thanks for holding your arms out to your beautiful little boy and showing us how the Father is doing that for everybody. And really, he's got a unique gift. He's got a blessing, not only to preach and communicate, but he's got a, a great gift to write, published by Thomas Nelson, one of the great publishers. They don't publish stuff that's not good. And if you'd like to have the book, you just help us give some kids some food and we'll be glad to send it to you. You know, Pete, we, we love helping people. Yeah. And I've watched a lot of sorrow, but we've healed a lot of hearts. And when I say we, I want you to get this. That's not me and Betty. But it's not just the missionaries. The missionaries will tell you we're empty-handed. We can't be here. We can't stay here. And we have nothing to offer unless people who love God enable us to literally be the arms and hands of Jesus to a hurting world. I want you to watch it. Whatever you do, don't take your eyes off this. And just listen and ask God, what do you want me to do? And just do it. Watch. Throughout God's Word, we are challenged to reach out to the least of these to the widow, the orphan. There are few places in the world which present more opportunity to embrace that call than Africa. The one we present to you today is Monica, a broken widow whose family is losing the fight for their lives. I'm not one for the Doing the best she could as a mother, Monica journeyed in search of new land and resources to provide for her struggling family. But her best was met with impossible circumstances, and she was left to watch her three-year-old starve to death. It's no accident you're watching today. 
God has heard the heart cry of a widow named Monica, who has lost two children and now fears starvation may claim her remaining three. And while Monica is unique, her cry echoes that of countless grieving mothers here in South Sudan. Today, you have the opportunity to answer that cry and the call God has given us all. Oh, Monica, I wish that you could, uh, I wish you could understand my language and I could understand yours. I hear your heart. I would like to help heal your broken heart. We cannot give back the children. I believe you'll see them someday. I know you're a, a woman of faith. And I know your heart's broken. And what we want to do is help you keep your children that you have now and not lose them. And I know you're concerned about everybody else's children too. And so, Monica, we can be a we can be an expression of love and healing for you. And all of you who are watching, I'm asking you to be just that because if I'd been right there with her, I would have let her weep on my shoulder. I would have held her and her children. I would have sat down there by the little kids like I've done so many times and hold little children in my lap. We've held some when they breathe their last breath. And we just love to save them. And love saves lives. And it gives life. So during this last week of mission feeding, for this particular emphasis, I need to hear from all of you to say, I'll, I'll help heal your heart, Monica, and your neighbors, and keep those kids for you. I'm going to give the missionaries the ability to do it. That's what you're saying. When you say, okay, I'm going to go to lifetoday.org or I'm going to go online and I'm going to dial that phone number, whatever you're going to do, and I'm going to take my bank card and use it like the check, and I'm going to give life, knowing that because some friends have such a burden for people like that, they said, we will match what you give this week up to $400,000. And we got 400000 in feeding areas now the missionaries have found, and they've organized them, and those groups grow because people hear there's food there, and we know they're 400,000 and we know they're 25,000 there where Monica was in that area of Sudan that's just been ravaged by horrible warring factions and by famine. So please, the missionaries are there. They're so precious. They're so beautiful. Let's keep them there doing the work of God. They face persecution and danger and death. But let's, let's don't leave them empty-handed. Let's let them know we're with them. We're with the family of faith and we're with these precious people and their children. So would you dial the number or would you go online, take that bank card, go lifetoday.org and say, here's my gift, knowing it'll be double. Could you give $100? That normally will feed 10 children for the next month. Now it'll be 20. If you give 1,000 instead of feeding 100, it would be 200. Your gift of 30 or 50 will be doubled from three to six, from five to 10. And here right now, Basically, a few hours left, you might say. We, we need to raise all the necessary funds. Father, I pray every person watching will give what you put on their heart, and they'll do it joyfully. They'll be cheerful givers. In Jesus' name, please go online. Would you, would you get up and move?
reach out and embrace these precious people with love and encourage the missionaries. We're with you. Please do it. Or dial the number. If you get a busy, be persistent and get through because you're going to be a lifeline. You're going to be an expression of God's love. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for being an answer to Monica's prayer. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. As an answer to prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 to help feed three children will be doubled to impact six children. $50 to help feed five children will be doubled to help save 10 children. $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And $300 for 30 children will be double to help feed and minister to 60 children. With your gift, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your double impact gift of $100 or more to help feed 20 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. Finally, please consider a double impact gift of $1,000 and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. So these are returnees who have returned back to their home area. They get one month of food from WFP through the UN, and then they're on their own. The problem is they came here with nothing. They didn't have cattle, they didn't have goods, they didn't have money. They lost all that in the war. And now they've got to try and reestablish, but it takes six months at least to get a crop to give them the food they need. What do they do in the meantime? I mean, there are already huge amount of kids here who are very malnourished. What are they gonna do? If we don't help them, they are in serious, serious trouble. So please, let's get together and let's help these people. Just make it through this time. They really deserve your help. Well, Betty and I are praying with all our heart that there wouldn't be a single person watching who can help who won't joyfully help. Please do. We're sending Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. It is a tremendous book. Heirs to the Kingdom to show you who we are now. If you'd like to have Pete Wilson's book, there's something that just caught your heart and your attention, so I'd like to have that. We'll send it to you to say thanks. You help save these precious children, help these people. We want to say thanks because we love you. Remember, visit Stream the Stream, stream.org every day and really pray and get the word out. I'm telling you, by the end of this year, we can have America headed in a new direction and we can see a whole secure, blessed future and we bless others as a nation that's been blessed. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Pete Wilson. Me, Pete, appreciate you very Love that picture of that little boy. That daddy looking over that boy. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for sharing this time with us. It means a lot, not only to us, but to a lot of people.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. I'm nothing fancy. I'm just a mama in Plano, Texas with blonde hair and a white suburban. Break the cycle of defeat in your life and live free tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.